We are live. We're live. Yeah, Rick <laughs> Shue here. I have Pete Fletzer from Around the Galaxy podcast. Great guy. Can wait for this discussion. Let's chat. Everybody, come on. Let's get down. Get down. Get down. My banner covered up at Freak Bass Music by. Always want to shout out to my friend Freak Bass for this music. Love you, buddy. Thank you so much. Pete. Rick. Pete. What's up, man? I feel like I know you know you know you. <laughs> you know, it's weird. It, the, it, one of the things I found about pandemic more than anything else is I have made friends through social media that uh, I like some of them I've only met once, if at all. And some, in your case, I've never met you face to face, but we've spoken, we've interconnected with thoughts on social That's media. Great. And like, like you said, I feel like I know if you showed up my house today, I'd be like, come on in, have a beer. Let's have a seat. Let's do this. A hundred percent. And and by the way, there, that's a conversation that could, that they could go off into the weeds <laughs> about meeting friends online, because look, man, I've met some friends doing this kind of stuff. The I've been doing this since 2012, I guess, in terms mm -hmm. of podcasting. And the friends that I've met, I've, 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 there's some friends, Pete, that I've known for years, like Zachy Hassan. What's up, buddy? And he uh, he and I've never met in person. And we've <laughs> like sent, sent each other gifts for our kids being born and like text and talk and podcast. And I've never met the man in person. <laughs> and when you meet people in person, I know that you know this firsthand. When you have this relationship with them on online, it's like barring like hey you're a human being in the flesh and blood what's up you know <laughs> yeah but but there's this overwhelming sense of familiarity because we already know each other that anyway we're also <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about mandalorian and uh pete what do you think are we i mean we're live here but if we tell everybody i have it on the banner here that we might get into some spoilers on today sure. so that's 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 fair game right I, you know, I think so. it's such a weird thing. When it was dropping on Wednesdays, there was this sort of, or uh, Fridays rather, there was this sort of don't say anything till Monday. And now, geez, as soon as I, I literally have to get up at like five in the morning to watch it and not touch my phone because it's going to, it's going to be spoiled immediately. So yeah. Hey, if you're here, you're getting spoilers and you're getting, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're getting spoilers. Well, before we get into it, first of all, tell sure. us about, tell us about you and your show real quick. I, I'm a, sure. I, I've been listening to it now off and on for quite some time. What I really love, and I, I listened to, to the episode you guys did with Ryan Avery from screen uh, crush. Yeah. I said that right. Correct. Ryan Airy actually. Yeah. yeah. Airy, Airy. Yeah. Airy, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, I love him. He's great. His videos are really are like contagious. They're addicting. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah, he's great. And but what I what I love about your show and and the two gentlemen you had on with you, everybody's just so passionate about Star yeah. Wars. And you know, in this day and age, we can talk a little bit more about this later. With the toxicity, I have a hard time with that word of fandom, particularly this franchise. Yeah, just seeing people with just their love of Star Wars and just rejoicing in it. And you know, when you don't like something, it's a good faith conversation about that, which is completely fine. Sure. But you guys are very much needed, especially right now, because Star oh, Wars fandom you. is at an all-time low, at least online. And hmm. uh, so thank you guys for doing what you do. So tell us a little bit about yeah. you and your show. Well, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, one of the key things um, is that, as you just said, we're, we're real, right? I mean, I, I'm the first to say that I had serious issues with The Rise of Skywalker. But as, uh, as some of my guests have said, it's my... 
it's my 11th favorite Star Wars movie. It's still a favorite, still something I love. I'm still passionate about it. I'm still very excited by everything that we've done uh, or that we've that we've seen and what we've gotten over the years. So from that perspective, um, what we do on the SSW network is it started with uh, Around the Galaxy, my show, which I've been doing now for about four years. Uh, and now I've brought in my partner, Nick Milkey. We both co-host that show. And Around the Galaxy is about every other week or so, we do one-on-one interviews with some of the people behind the fandom. And we've been so lucky. We've had, you know, Oscar-winning effects artists. We've had uh, New York Times bestselling authors. We've had personalities and actors and and just about, but we don't, we try not to get into the, uh, you know, the old uh, Chris Farley routine with that. Remember that time when you wrote that thing in the book? That was excellent. What we try to do <laughs> is we really try to understand how Star Wars has shaped them and kind of get their thoughts on on where the, you know, where they feel about how they feel about the franchise. We've had, you know, people who, my one of my favorite interviews was I, I interviewed uh, Charlie Benante from Anthrax because I'm a big metalhead, and we just talked about like first time he saw star wars and that sort of thing and because we believe that star wars is a, like a connecting point and rick you and i you know that's how we connected we connected first through a star wars tweet somewhere and then we right. ended up connecting and and that's a great starting point for a conversation and where it goes from there is what's exciting so that's what we do with around the galaxy and then on friday nights we have a live show called force connect where i'm all, we're also joined by uh chris ryan's from Axiom, and we try to do a live call-in show and we talk about the star wars news of the week sometimes it's an episode that we take a deep dive into sometimes it's some crazy news coming out of wherever um but always try to just have a real conversation about it and sometimes we love stuff and sometimes we have issue with it but the key <laughs> kind of what we always say is you know you can have any opinion you want as long as you're not an asshole and as soon as that happens we'll kick you out but it's okay to have conversations i mean as you said ryan was on the show with us this past week and um he doesn't love everything, and that's cool because we're having a conversation about it. We're not turning it into a, um, uh, uh, something that's that's so negative, toxic, that, yeah. Yeah, toxic that it's it's a you know we have we sell a shirt that says it's fake and in space, and at the end of the day, you got to remember that, right? So, well, here here's how I approach everything Star Wars. I love it before I see it, and yeah. then when I watch it, it'll alter my level of love. And so <laughs> I may not love it as much as I wanted to. I may love it more. It, I might, it might not move the needle at all. Take Solo, for instance. I wanted right. to love that movie. I didn't love it. I've watched it multiple times. I like it. It's just, for me, very forgettable. Yeah. But so what? I know sure. a lot of people that love it in the Mate Solo 2 hashtag. I'm all, I'm all for, by the way, they're, them continuing on with the story. Yep. Probably would be Disney+. Plus, and my guess is, if I had to guess, they, they'll probably get around to that. That's just me. Mm. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see, right? But at the end of the day, um, it's the... That's just it. It's like, hey, we love the franchise. We're not, we're not anti-Disney toxic, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's the the, the demon, <laughs> all all that absolute nonsense. And uh, for me, honestly, uh, I put up a video the other day about this. I'm like, yep. can we celebrate being a fan right now? Like, if you don't like this stuff, you don't like the Disney era of Lucasfilm, because let's be clear on this, it's right. Lucasfilm still. Right. Is that right? It's not just Disney, it's Lucasfilm. Yeah, the, the phrase Disney Star Wars is so silly. Yeah. It is. And I'm not saying that there's not some influence with, with that. Surely sure. there is. But at the end of the day, it's Lucasfilm. And by the way, most of what's there is George's people. Anyway, I mean, right. really, at the end of the day, it's it's still his brainchild and his people are, are carrying the torch, including Kathleen Kennedy, for that matter. But I uh, as a fan, I just want to celebrate the fact that we're getting so much content. Good, bad and different. Like if you're a fan and you're getting the stuff like what a time to be alive. Sure. 
I've, I've, I look at this as sort of the golden age of Star Wars. I mean, we got a trilogy. We have multiple other uh, live action full length films. Disney Plus is largely on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's look, man, if, if you're not into this, when did when did George sell? Was that 13 or 12? It was 2012. 12. And then yeah. yep. Force Awakens came out in 15, if yep. I remember correctly. OK, that's right. So then now you've hated the franchise. Let's just use Force Awakens as a as a frame of reference. Seven sure. years. Correct. If I hate yep. something for seven years, I'm out. All right. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm you know, the example I use all the time, and this is this is just the silliness of the toxicity. One of my favorite movies of all time is The Matrix. One of my least favorite, two of my least favorite movies are the first two sequels. But I don't go online looking for people who like those movies and tell them they're wrong. And by the way, I've told people that that very opinion. And they're like, ah, I disagree. And I'm like, cool, tell me why. Because I want to understand it. Since I love the first one so much, since I'm an OG Matrix fan, let's talk about why. I mean, nine times out of ten, it doesn't change my mind. But let's at least talk about it because I care that much about the franchise. Same thing with Star Wars. It's the same thing. There's no reason to be, uh, you know, what was it? Um. Uh, Leslie Headland said on stage at Star Wars Celebration when she was talking about the Acolyte, she talked about, you know, there's so much opportunity to get into Star Wars. She literally came right out and said, I don't care if you hate the Acolyte. That's fine. And that's that's where we should be. Like, I don't love every Metallica album. There's some I love, there's some I don't. But that doesn't mean I'm not a fan. It doesn't mean I can't go back and watch and listen to what I love. And so that whole concept of being angry about Star Wars right now is just, that you're angry about something else. I always believe that you're just angry about something else. And this is your outlet. And that's, I would say that's fine, but it's really not. It's kind of sad. Well, so, <laughs> since, since this isn't my political podcast, I'll tread lightly here. But unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately there is a political tie in to a great deal of this. And that's, sure. That is sad. Now, real fast before we move on, because now you've made, you've made two references. I tried to ignore the first one. Now I can't <laughs> just, just for the record, my favorite anthrax record is yeah. sound of white noise with John Bush great album i know it's my favorite and my favorite metallica album <laughs> well if i could take load and reload and cut four three or four songs out <laughs> per record and make yeah. that one that would be their their magnum opus in yep. my opinion. and i think until it sleeps is my favorite metallica song and my second cool. favorite metallica song is probably sanitarium so just to show you where i'm at there you go that's with cool. them yeah i'm a huge metallica fan but what's fact, interesting was- is you chose two albums from two from two bands that are the Force Awakens, Last yes. Jedi of those bands. Yes. I love the John Bush era. A lot of people don't, but I, I love Joey as well singing. But uh, before this becomes, oh, well, so do I, of course. Yeah. But but I love the songs there. But again, it's like because you love that. I my reaction was not, oh, he's not a fan if he loves Load and Reload. You got to go back. No, it's just cool. That's awesome. That I'm just glad you like him. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> and I love all their stuff. I mean, sure, I, I'm old school. Master Puppets and Ride the yeah. Lightning. I was I was buying those tapes when they came out. <laughs> And um, it's kind of funny back then. I didn't have any, I didn't differentiate between Metallica, Motley Crue and Culture Club and Cindy Lauper, <laughs> Michael Jackson. I just loved music at a yep. young age. And to me, it was all just one big party. And then you get older, you're like, oh, so this shit's divisive too. Everything's divisive. <laughs> Everything's divisive. Everything's in a right. damn category. <laughs> but um, all right. So let's, let's kind of come back around and hone in on Star Wars here. It's a, a, obviously a mutual passion of ours. So today... The um, the new episode of Mandalorian dropped, which is the mm-hmm. second to the last of season three called The Spies. It was The Spies, right? Correct. Yes. The Spies. Yeah. And um, I usually watch something at least twice, maybe three times before I really talk about it. But screw it. We're here. We're, <laughs> we're here really to talk about celebration, but we, we can't not address 800 pound grill in the room. It sure. just it's been streaming now for a few hours. What did you think of the uh, the episode? 
I thought it was I thought it was really great. I thought it was interesting because there was one of my biggest concerns was apparently they had shown it at Star Wars Celebration and I was concerned that it was going to get spoiled. I'm so glad it didn't. I must curate my timeline efficiently. Um it didn't. And now there are people saying it's the best episode that there was. I think you and I agree on this based on what I saw you tweet this morning. It was a great episode. It might be my favorite episode this season. I'm not sure it's the best Mandalorian episode ever, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. But I've also enjoyed the way this season has progressed, and it feels like it's been leading up to this. And um, and Same. so, yeah, I think it's I, it was a great episode, and it really feels like um, – you know, I feel like I guess a good way to describe it might be that the first six episodes have been really been in a way um, kind of being used to set up this whole concept of we're going to be exploring this entire portion of the timeline. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we're going to be exploring this entire portion of the uh, timeline. So let's we're going to set some pieces on the board. And for some people that was like, wait a second, that's not what this show is. And for me at times it felt like, okay, this is, this is going at a different pace than I expected. However, it feels like after this episode ended, I was like, ah, okay. Now I see all these different things were happening. Um, I knew because Dave Filoni never, we say it on our show all the time. He never wastes a frame. Everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. Every character makes a move for a particular reason. Um, so I feel like, I feel like this episode's really it's it's set up to end the season really powerfully as well as set up skeleton crew and Ahsoka and mm -hmm. the future of this timeline. Yeah, absolutely. Cause all the stuff is so intertwined and that's what I love about it. I, I will say for super hyper casual fans, I know that's oxymoronic, but bear with me. Yeah. So I've got friends that are, they go see every movie that comes out. they, oftentimes see them more than once. Right. They watch the Disney plus stuff. They love it. They love it. They text me, asking me questions, but here, here's who they are. And God bless them. If we weren't <laughs> all like this, we'd be better off. They don't give a shit and they don't know who directs what, who they right. don't know the Ryan Johnson drama and this, and they watch the sequel trilogy to them. It's just a cohesive story because it's just, they're just watching it as three films that have, they have no idea of any behind the scenes drama or nothing they're like, Oh, so Kylo was lying to her or, or he might've had it. I mean, it's like, it's so pure. It's like, God, I <laughs> wish I could be you, but, but for those fans. And again, they're like the hyper fans. They don't just go see the movies. They go see them two or three times, but they are lost and they are lost because they don't, they haven't ever read anything in the EU and they don't watch the animation animated stuff. And so is there, is is it a little heavy handed or is it just that's just comes with the territory because all this is just canon? What are your yeah. thoughts on that? Well, I think it, it's an, I've always been a somebody who said, I don't believe you should have to read a book to get the movie. Right. The movie needs to be effective on its own. Uh, and 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 uh, and in this case, this stuff needs to work without having seen a, a frame of animation or read a page of a book or followed any of the comic books. Um and I actually, I think that's probably, if I was to have one critique of this season, um, it would be that I think the first two seasons, they did a really great job of introducing really deep canon lore without making it, uh, without making it so that you felt lost. So I always, I refer to my dad all the time on my show. He's 75 years old. He's a huge Star Wars fan. He got me into Star Wars, but he's, he's just like you said, like your friends, he goes to the movies. He's never watched animation. When Disney Plus came out, he's been addicted to all the Star Wars live action. Mm -hmm. And so when uh, Bo-Katan showed up in season two, I was like, do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, she's just some other Mandalorian, which is cool. She set him up. She she set up 
you know, Din to question his faith, if you will. And that was sure. great. We, it didn't matter that she had all this background, but that was a cool step. When Ahsoka showed up, I said to my dad, do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, she's some cool Jedi, but she's pretty cool. And I was like, you have no idea how cool she is. She's Anakin's Padawan, blah, blah, blah. But it didn't matter. This season, I feel like they are kind of leaning on you and saying, hey, you have to know what's happened with these characters to appreciate it. Now, I, I don't know if that's the case because I can't put my head there because I do know all this stuff. But it sounds like there are a number of people who you know and I know who are like, now, why is this important and why is that this important and that important? And I think that that's, that's one thing that I think they could refine a little bit better because I, I I've said it before. I think like people love baby Yoda, right? They are, that's what has sold Disney plus and what sold uh, live action television, star Wars. When you go from baby Yoda and if you go beyond baby Yoda and start to expect people to know the history of Mandalore, you're going to lose a lot of people and they're really dependent on those same people to watch skeleton crew and Ahsoka and then season four Amando. So it's a challenge. It's a marketing challenge, I think more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And look, some of this could be from the perspective of a fan like you and I too, like maybe, and, and your father knows that you are a quote hardcore fan. And so <laughs> he knows it's safe to ask, but maybe the average person watching it, Maybe to them, it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me. It's almost impossible for me to put myself in those shoes. So I just know this. I, I watch it and I'm up to speed on animation mainly, but I'm that is not necessarily in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. I keep up. I keep up with it from afar to make sure I understand what the hell's going on with everything. But there's sounds like, OK, wait a minute. I need to Google this. Who is this again? And then right. I'm like, oh, OK. Oh, I see. That's from. OK, got it. And so, but if I didn't have that knowledge to know that they were coming from something, maybe it just wouldn't matter. Right. Hard to, hard to say, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. And, and, and everything is obviously connected. And, um, and what I love about this episode is, and I, and again, I, I actually really liked the last episode. I thought it was mm -hmm. fun. That's just me. Um, but uh, I could have done maybe without some of the, cameos, although I think we're misusing that, that term in the sense. Right. So it, it was still fun, but um. I, I like the season overall myself uh, for this episode. It was, I, I agree with you. This is not one of the best. It was, I don't necessarily think it's the best this season, but it's really good. And really at the end of the day, I'm going to judge the season as a season anyway. Right. So, so after right. next week, we'll look at this from 20,000 feet and then we'll judge it collectively, but it had a lot of heart. And yeah. um, what I also really like is there's, there's, you know, star Wars is sometimes at its best with nuance and, and and I, and I feel like the Lucasfilm era of Star Wars, I mean, the, the Disney Lucasfilm era of Star Wars is diving into nuance in ways that um, even Lucas just didn't do. Everything was, right. and, I, and I've said this before, everything was black and white, yep. li literally and almost, I mean, figuratively and almost literally as well. If you look at, you know, the actual literal colors of things and people sure. and the contrast, but you get into like even the force awakens it was there but you get into rogue one and that's when it really starts peeling back yeah. the onion of you know you, you know I, I there's things i've done for the rebellion that i'm not proud of but at the end of the day i do them for the rebellion i'm paraphrasing but you get the idea and what what i like about this is that this the, you know this this episode it shows the stakes are higher it shows that not everybody makes the right decisions even with good intentions you know there's a lot of that going on in this particularly mm -hmm. right and then I, I'm still trying to avoid spoilers to an extent. Yeah. But but I will say this, and this is spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. One of my favorite lines is actually when <laughs> Grogu is um, 
I forget now what they they're calling the droid in this. It's IG twelve. IG twelve. Thank you. Right. And, and he's controlling it. He's driving it. Yep. But he breaks up the the fight between the the tribal mandos, right? Yep. And uh, and Bo-Katan looks at uh, uh, and says, uh, "What is her line exactly? Like uh, your 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 Padawan or your apprentice did well." Yeah. And he's like, "I didn't teach him that." And all right. I could think of, he learned <laughs> that from Luke. He, right. He learned from Luke to be passive, to be a what's the word we're looking for here? A um, someone that can 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 resolve conflict without force. Right. And it's very kind of Jedi esque. And it was pretty, pretty beautiful. And it's just a little thing like that. I'm like, God, I love this kind of shit. It's yeah, it's so prominent in this era of Star Wars. And I just I, I acknowledge it and I love it and I appreciate it. So let me ask you this. So you like the episode. That's great. Overall this season for you compared to the other two seasons you alluded to it a moment ago but kind of where do you stand with one episode left on this yeah you know i think it's uh, transparently it, and here's the and this is the weird world we live in right with social media like to say i don't like something you feel like you have to caveat it right i'm not going to caveat it the reality is season two to me i felt like was the most cohesive episode uh, season so season two is my favorite Season one is my second favorite because we were introduced to everything. It was so new and it was exciting. This season is my third favorite, Um, but only because I think the pacing is a little bit different, a little bit weird. I feel like they're trying to accomplish a lot. And again, you know, my only recommendation might have been that they make it 10 or 12 episodes so that they could extend some of the stuff that clearly feels a little bit rushed, but I love what the story's doing. I love where it's going. I've been sort of a proponent of the 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 titular Mandalorian was not necessarily Din from the start. I thought it was Grogu. It could still be Grogu, but clearly I think at this point Din is a Mandalorian and Bo is a Mandalorian and there's a, a lot a lot of opportunity to tell this story. Um and again, without getting too much into spoilers, I think I think we're going to this season's going to end and it may become my favorite as a result of, of how they resolve what they left off this week. Yeah. Calling it the Mandalorians, because to my knowledge, it is plural. Unlike yeah. Jedi, right? Yeah. It is actually with an S might be a better suited term. That's yep. fine. I I'll, uh, I'll accept that as one, I guess, criticism, but to me yeah. also it's, it's expanding the world around the central character sure. that truly ends up enhancing said character. Anyway, if you want to get, technical about it but but you know that's at least a that's that's at least a valid quibble that it's gotten away from him a little bit yeah but that's only if you're it's all about perspective right it's yeah. um it's from a point of view so to speak well right and if it was if it had gotten away from him and went someplace that i didn't enjoy i'd have a bigger problem with it it's gotten a little bit away from him a little bit i mean he's still in every episode he's still playing a part in everything that's happening um but i love where it's going and i love i love you know i'm to your point i didn't love the Lizzo Jack Black episode at first, but I went back. Here's the key. And I've, I've said this on, on my show. I think it's really important to remember that what star Wars truly is at the end of book of Boba Fett, for example, I went into the, that episode, the last episode of book of Boba Fett. And I, I, in my head, I thought I knew it was going to happen. We're going to do this and that none of it happened, but it was, it was high action, high impact, but I was disappointed. Cause I was like, ah, oh, could have done more with the pikes. I wish more had happened with Bane and blah, blah, blah. My son watched it and said, that was the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> He's 10 years old. Yeah. This Lizzo Jack Black episode. Yeah. I watched it with him and he was like, is that Lizzo? Is that Jack Black? And I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, oh, that's cool. 
So I was <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? All right, it's working. It's honest. Right. Jar Jar Binks. I did not love him the first time I saw him. I've I've come full circle. I never never harassed Ahmed Best. Let's be very clear. But I was sure. not a huge fan of. No, I wasn't that. either. But. I've come full circle. I understand it. I know what it's for. And I know how it's pulling in uh, different people. It's, you know, people joke when, when Kathleen Kennedy says Star Wars is for everyone, but I mean, honestly, it really is. And if you don't recognize that and don't recognize that some jokes are not going to hit for you, you may not like the, your mama joke in the last Jedi, or you may love it, but it may not have been for you. It may have been for the person next to you who was like, my God, that's hilarious that they did that. So um, it, it's, it's such a wide open canvas for everybody to play on. Um, and I think that's the thing that's really important. And that's why I get frustrated with the negativity on social media because it's gatekeeping. The, my least favorite phrase in the world is true fan, you know, back to the, to the Metallica anthrax conversation. Oh, you like the, the, the Bush era. Well, you're not a true fan. Bullshit. You, it doesn't matter. Do you like any of it? You're a fan. We're cool. And, and that's star Wars. Because it's all, I mean, geez, guys, it's coming up at 45 years or more than 45 years, right? 1977, 46 years this year. Um, you're going to have stuff that you don't like. You're going to have stuff that you love. Right. And it's going to change because the world has changed. I think you referenced, I'm sorry, I'm doing all the talking, but. No, 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 no I love it. Keep, <laughs> you're, you're on fire. You Please. referenced, you referenced sort of the gray area, right? What, right. where that. In 1977, it was a lot easier to say, these are good guys, these are bad guys. Correct. You said, oh, those are the rebels, and they're the good guys. Fine. Hey, rebels do horrible things to uh, defeat a horrible enemy. So it's not black and white. And I think in today's era, today's world that we live in, we're a little bit more aware of that. We're a little bit more, more aware of decisions that are made. And honestly, it makes for much more compelling stories. Absolutely. And you can go back and watch, because it's like a real war in a sense, right? You go back and watch some of the greatest war films. Look at Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. Oh, yeah. People are doing bad things because they're a product of where they're at in their time. And yeah, they're defending our country and they're fighting this war, the bad guy. But, you know, this guy just purposely did X, Y, and Z. That's that's not good, right? Right. And so it's 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 like that, that there's stakes, but it's it's there is not a good guy, bad guy. And, and I tell you, I love The Last Jedi. Not a big fan of DJ, the mm -hmm. character. And I love Benicio De Tero. I didn't really like his performance in that movie. It was really kind of took me out of the mood. I actually really like Cantobite. I just like him. But the scene where he's he's kind of lecturing Finn on, you know, weaponry and like good guys, bad guys, man, it's all the same. And when he's showing who used to own this ship, oh, this guy used to sell uh, weapons to the Empire First Order. Da, da, oh, look. And it's like a... I forget what ship it is, but it's yeah. clearly a rebellion ship. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, look at that. And you're going, wow, like war profiteering and all sure. these things are there's a lot of there's a lot of um, corruption and there's a lot of gray area. And so that's that's what I love about it. And, you know, that's the thing. And not to go down this rabbit hole, but that's what <laughs> I loved about Luke and The Last Jedi is that for me, Luke Skywalker, Ryan Johnson made him more interesting to and 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 far more complex and maybe it's also because of my age i'm like man i get it i was i was the farm boy luke <laughs> at one point now i'm the bitter old gray hair guy with a beard <laughs> yeah pissed off at the world and, and 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 feel like a failure and then and then but at, but at the end of the day and especially in that film the arc is so beautiful and like to yeah. me it's like so luke skywalker again i don't want to go down that rabbit hole but we're on the same page on this it's it's 
and, and it's one of the things that I think might be turning some good faith fans off, not not the toxic. Sure. Like, but there's some people that they don't want that. They just wanted Luke to be, you know, the, the, the hero they grew up with. And we just see him in full fledged Jedi and doing yep. his thing and everything. And that's OK. Star Wars may not be for you anymore. But if it's not, my, my advice is, you know, maybe pick a new franchise because it's not going it's not ever going backwards. Right. This is right. And, and- <laughs> You know, it's funny. There's a there's a guy who DMs me all the time. He's a toxic fan, and I don't know why I keep the line open, but I, I think I do just so I understand <laughs> that side of the world. I, I could easily hit block, but I don't. But anyway, so there was one point we were having a similar conversation, uh, if you can call it a conversation. I said, listen, um, good fiction reflects the real world. And his response actually told me a lot about him and it told me you know it reflects what you're saying he said well i don't necessarily want to be reminded of how crazy things are right now i was like okay that's fair that's a totally fair thing and now i understand why you don't like some of the stuff because it's too real right in a way and so it's it's not the escapism it once was correct i mean it's escapism because it's it's faking in space but it's yeah like i said any good story um and really good stories can be told over and over and still reflect the times they're in. So uh, in Star Wars, that's why it's lasted almost 50 years. Correct. Now, one thing I can't get my head wrapped around, everything we just said is accurate in real-time accuracy, but then Andor is embraced hmm. by fandom in a way that I didn't expect. I'm like, okay, so fans want something more grounded and nuanced and really like, yeah, you guys, I can't keep up with you guys. I can't. Yeah. (laughs) You're all over the map. That that contradicts everything you just said about. No, it's true. And and the franchise, (laughs) I mean, think about the millions of people who are fans of something that has grown and evolved and you're going to have, you know, you're going to have different, you know, people, people like, so you can like Italian food. Uh, My wife is Italian. She won't go into an olive garden, but there are people who love that and call it Italian food. So, it's fine. It's all good. It, it's something for everybody. And I think that's just the, that's what keeps me grounded. It's what pisses me off when I see the extreme negativity, but it's what keeps me grounded. And it's why when I see people, you know, tweet that uh, the rise of Skywalker is their favorite movie. I, I'm happy for them. It's not mine, but that's cool. Somebody's found complete joy in a piece of this fiction that we all share. And that's, that's a win. That's right. And I don't have a problem. I got a lot of good faith friends that don't like The Last Jedi. And I have yep. no problem with their opinions. And we have a lot of fun bantering. I do have a problem with its woke feminism. Correct. Feminist agendas. All that crap. I'm, I can't. That I'm not into. But right. but good faith discussions. Um, That's what I love about you, man. We're so on the same page in some of this stuff. And quite frankly, we're just on the. And, and our page is real simple. Like, let's just enjoy this franchise. And if you don't like it anymore, then just move on and, and don't try to make a career being toxic and right and and unfortunately like crapping on star wars has become so profitable yeah that it's also never going away but yep. so be it so maybe maybe one of these days these people it'll get so ridiculous that the masses say when i say the masses i mean the people that are into these youtube shows say wait a minute it's now 2027 <laughs> uh we you haven't liked star wars since 20 2005 i think right. i think it's time we move on you know <laughs> yeah, like yeah. at some point exactly. that's, that's got to break I, I would think all right so let's let, let's shift gears a little bit a little time i have left with you let's talk about celebration yeah there was a lot going on as opposed to just Oof. kind of reliving every day or whatever i just want man what are your what 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 did you what are your biggest takeaways from it what excites you the most yeah so I, the the biggest surprise to me personally is that I'm excited about the acolyte 
and not because I didn't expect to like it because of who's making it or where it is. I expected in the time frame it was coming out. And again, I, I'm also the first to admit that when I heard that there was an Obi-Wan show, I was like, eh, do we need that? Yeah, we needed it. It was great. Book of Boba Fett, do we need it? Eh, loved it. So mm-hmm. I, I should have known that going in. And it's not that I didn't want to see the Acolyte, but now I'm like dying to see the Acolyte. I'm really excited to see where it goes. So that was my own personal surprise from it. Um, I predicted that we were going to get Daisy Ridley on stage. So I got that right. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of the rare times I get a prediction, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm going to bask in that one, but um, I didn't expect the three movies. Um, and I'm really excited that there are three movies completely set in three different time frames. Yes. And unlike the other announcements, um, the confidence level in, in two out of three of them is through the roof. And the third one is kind of like, yeah, probably um, the mangled one is the one that I put in the, if I had to choose one that's least likely to happen, I would say that simply because as you know, he's working on swamp thing. He's got, he's always got a ton of irons in the fire. Um, and it's a different era. So it's not necessary, right? It's from the dawn of the Jedi perspective. So great concept, not necessary. Um, Filoni is not going to, uh, leave Lucasfilm because of creative differences. I mean, (laughs) that's not happening. That's they're done. They're good. They're solid. That's going to happen. They're building all the Disney Plus content to it. It's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm a firm believer that you don't walk Disney, Daisy Ridley on stage unless that thing is already got production sketches and a nearly completed script and all that stuff. I, I, absolutely. And, and my co-host on the show, Courtney Cheek, and she's brilliant and she has great insight on this stuff. I, I respectfully disagreed with her on this one thing is that she's like, well, I'll believe it when I see it. I'm like, that's fair on, on, on almost sure. every project, but that's now a legacy character. Mm-hmm. They brought Disney Daisy Ridley, Ridley out on the <laughs> stage. They, that's a PR disaster. If Correct. they walk that back, it just is like, yeah. that's not a ambiguous story. And I think it's also smart with that, that it's, it's a standalone film. Yep. Don't announce it as a trilogy that could suffocate people anyway. And if it doesn't work, then you're not, you know, if you, if it works and you want to continue it, you can, if it doesn't yep. it's a standalone film and you know, we all move on, yep. but I'm, I'm really excited for that because a, I'm a huge fan of the sequel trilogy. I, I actually really love all three of those films. Um, particularly the last Jedi, but the rise of Skywalker did work for me. Um, but, um, but she is dynamite and her oh, yeah. and Adam driver, when you look at just acting and mm-hmm. character development, they take the cake in the whole damn franchise, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the work that those three that those two did over the course of three films is phenomenal. Yep. And and man, I I tell you, I'm stoked for that movie. Um, what are your predictions of that? She's are we going to lean into the fact that she's Ray Skywalker? Kathleen uh, Kennedy was asked if. if of Mark Hamill would make an appearance as a force ghost. And she said, well, I'm not ruling it out, but we're not leaning on that. What, what are your thoughts? How heavy handed will the Skywalker thing be in that film? You think? I have a couple thoughts on it. I think the, the new group of uh, the new Jedi order could be called Skywalkers. Um, because um, also in the Thrawn books, um, they refer to, uh, 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 I'm going to get it wrong cause I haven't read them in a while, but they refer to four sensitives as people walk in the sky. So I think that could all kind of play nicely together. I know I'm screwing that up. If somebody's listening, they're going to, I'm actually me. And that's totally cool. Please do. Cause I want the facts. Um, 
So I think if they lean into the Skywalker, it'll be in that regard. I think, though, I, I hope, my hope is that they bring Finn back because Finn, I think, was clearly all throughout Rise of Skywalker trying to tell her, hey, I think I have this Force thing. And I want to see that happen. Um, I also, there. yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure he will be. Yeah. Um, I think there's a great opportunity to bring back um, uh, Oscar Isaacs and show that sort of headbutting that we saw from Ray and Poe in Rise of Skywalker as the headbutting of, you know, government, military, defense versus uh, theological um, way of of approaching government so maybe there's something there that might be a little too deep for a two-hour movie um but the third thing and this is something that i i'm going to um i'm going this will be my next prediction which is totally wrong um i predict grogu will be part of that jedi academy because a couple things grogu will be about 90 years old by the time that movie takes place that's when yoda was uh, a jedi master second um the mando story will be done by the time that movie comes out so we, you know, there's no, there's not gonna be any sort of mysterious gap and, oh, Willie, won't he survive? And finally, Grogu is bank, man. Grogu is, is money in the bank. He's on everything. He's in front of you. You can't walk through a Walmart without seeing 25 Grogu t-shirts. So um, I think it's, um, it's, it's there. I have an entire, yeah, there you go. You get your Grogu pictures, paintings. You, you see my Yoda puppet back there? I see you there. I've <laughs> had that not- thing since 1981. Oh, nice! Yeah, that, that, that he's been with me. This is his son. This. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go ahead. But no, but I, I think I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see Grogu uh, span that now. Um, <laughs> Kelly Knox, the writer, uh, the author, um, she was on one of our shows, and I gave her that theory, and she said, "Nope, Grogu has already chosen to become Mandalorian. He left Luke." And I was like, "Ah." Oh. She's not wrong, but <laughs> um, it's but Star I, Wars, though. It's Star Wars. No one's ever really gone. No one's ever really mm. chosen their path, right? So I think we're good to go. But those are those are my thoughts on the um, the sequel film. All and I can say this, and this kind of gets into the fandom thing, and I don't want to hammer this, but the sequel trilogy is canon. Sorry, yep. sorry, you it's can't a- take my you can't take my shirt away. <laughs> it's all there. It's not going anywhere. I mean, we have Hux. Hux's dad in this last yeah, episode, in the last episode. played yep. by his by the actor's brother. R- real life brother. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, that I didn't cool. either. I had to look that up too. But. Well, at first I was thrown off. I was like, I, I'll be honest with you. I just it was early and I wasn't thinking, I'm like, don't tell me they recast him. Oh, wait, timeline. No, that wouldn't make sense. And then yeah. I was like, okay, oh, it's his dad. Yeah, okay, that's canon. And I did the same thing. thing. I was like, uh, Is yeah. that young general? Yeah. And, yeah, no. yeah. No, that's his father. Very cool. That's very, very cool. Um of course we knew that anything else uh the ahsoka stuff looks awesome doesn't it yeah i i'm i well i'm a big rebels fan so i'm excited to see that uh that story expanding and continuing um rosario dawson i think makes a really great ahsoka um i i'm just afraid of the discourse of people saying well you know the head tails on Hera don't look right. Shut up. <laughs> enjoy, it. enjoy it. But I'm, I'm excited about where that, that, I mean, again, one of the things that Star Wars does extremely well, Dave Filoni in particular is he names a show, but it doesn't do that. Like when rebels came out, I expected rebels to be about, Oh, just this nice cell of rebels. And but it turned into a father, son, family Jedi story. The Mandalorian thought it was going to be about some crazy bounty hunter who just walks around and, and does his thing turned into a lone wolf and cub story and it's been and now it's becoming a larger story 
Ahsoka, I think we thought was going to be just, you know, sort of the extension of her story. But the reality is, I think it's going to play into this bigger Mandoverse that Dave is bringing to the big screen, which I have to say, I am a little bit nervous about. Um, only because I'm not sure if the MCU has done a great job of taking Disney Plus characters and bringing them into films. The Marvels, when that comes out, will, I think, tell us a lot about the success of that. And unfortunately, Miss Marvel was not terribly well received to begin with. So there's a bigger, they're, they've doubled their challenge on that one. But yeah, they have. I think they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, they can. And, um, and again, we talked about this coming back to the top of the show, that balance of, of these characters existing for the first time. And let's face it, the vast majority of people that are watching this stuff versus knowing the history of the characters, where they've been in rebels and elsewhere to enhance the story for you. And we'll see how that plays out. It's going to be an interesting balance. Um, I'm going to kind of tie in real fast. We'll, we'll wrap it up here, but there was a panel with Obi-Wan on the day before the last mm -hmm. day on Sunday. And uh, I was, I was hoping that there would be some sort of announcement for something. I don't know what I want. I don't know <laughs> if I want a season two, what would that look like? Uh, and and I, here, here's my hopes for it. And then I wanted to get your, your thoughts. What Obi-Wan proved, even for my friends that weren't crazy about it. I loved it. Again, it's all, all good. It's all subjective. Mm -hmm. But um, one thing that everyone agreed on is Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen are Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. They own those roles and they proved it once again in, in the series. And I hope we don't see the last of them. Mm. I, I'm, I'm assuming, I don't know if it's ever been official. So I was going to ask you this. Hayden Christensen's going to be in Ahsoka, right? And possibly Ewan McGregor in flashback scenes. Yeah, you know, they he's he's been... I think accidentally listed in some of the cast lists for mm -hmm. uh, I think variety uh, listed the cast or yeah so yeah he'll be there um, as a force ghost or a flashback or both. I hope it's as a force ghost, and the reason for that is uh, I, I the de aging thing is still not perfected. So, but it's not, it's not, and they didn't really put a lot of no, they sure didn't <laughs> Obi Wan. That's only like. They could have made that a little better, but I, I still just enjoyed that so much. I didn't yeah. really care, but I, I'm hoping it's a force ghost. And my my dream scene, I don't think will happen now because of uh, Book of Boba Fett. But I was hoping that Luke would tell Ahsoka that Anakin was saved. And that would be oh, that would just be just so wonderful. The only other the other scene that I had uh, thought would be kind of cool would be if Ahsoka sacrificed herself and she's welcomed to the, the force through Anakin waiting for her, which I thought would be wild as well. But I like it. Um, yeah. So he'll be there. He'll, he'll definitely be there. I'd be great to see a flashback of the three of them. Clone Wars mm -hmm. era. Oh my God. That'd be so great. Yeah. Uh, well, and now have you heard, I think I heard a rumor that there's a younger Ahsoka actress that was, so I so, don't know, man. I, and that yeah. just jumped back in my head because I remember hearing that several months ago and I don't, you know, from some nefarious source, I'm sure. But I, I would think that if they flash back and use Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, they probably would use her for just making that consistent. But yeah. who, who knows? But maybe maybe the flashback sequences with her are when she was much younger than that. And so, yeah. I mean, everything's on the table. Um, I'm, I'm stoked. But do you, do you think we'll see Ewan McGregor again? I, I mean, Ewan has been talking so much about loving having come back. I think 
you know, that's uh, when you're offered a gift of Ewan McGregor saying, I'd be happy to do Star Wars again. You figure out how to make it happen. So, yeah, I I think we'll see him again. I think it may be a second season of um, of Obi-Wan. I think it might be more focused on uh, on on Tatooine. But who knows? I But I, de- I definitely think we'll see him back. I think we'll see um, Hayden in Ahsoka. But um, the nice thing, the, the good thing for for Ewan is that Obi-Wan just keeps getting older. So he's in a good spot. He can just keep getting older. Yeah. Anakin, it's going to be rough unless he's, you know, Vader suit. But Well, he's he's aging well. So Yes, he is. Yeah, it's Aiden the Canadian Christen. blood, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. that Canadian blood. What kind of cereal are you <laughs> eating, Mr. Christensen? All right, buddy. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. But I had a uh, <laughs> I had a little exercise I want to throw at you real quick. Sure. I I'm just curious of your thoughts. And I'm going to just stick with live action. I was just going to do the films that I think I'm going to mm-hmm. do Disney Plus as well. I'm going to list off. I'm just going to fire rapid and give yep. me on a scale to one to five or let's make it one to 10, 10. You love it. One. You, you hate it. Okay. Obviously we don't hate anything. Star Wars. You ready? I'm sure. going to go in order of these films releases. This is how my brain thinks. All right. Star Wars, a new hope, a new hope, uh, nine, nine empire strikes back. 11. Ooh, I love that. <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Eight. Eight. Are you going to go see it? It's. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> the, so eight. So the Phantom Menace. Do you want when I first saw it or how I feel now? <laughs> I know, right? Because mine was like two and now it's like six. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd probably put it about seven, six and a there half. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Attack of the Clones? Uh, six. Six. Revenge of the Sith? Eight. Eight. The Force Awakens? Eight. Eight. Rogue One? Oh, okay. I was I was, I was expecting last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One, again, mm-hmm. that's one that's changed. I'm going to put that at uh, eight. I'm doing releases, yeah. The yeah. Last Jedi. Last Jedi is nine. Solo. Six. Six. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm nervous to ask this next one. Can we just skip Rise of Skywalker? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Sure. I'll. I'll I, well, I mean, it's, I still love it because of Star Wars. So I none of them are one. So I'll put that at like a three because okay, there are good. there are some good things in it that are Perfect. really good. Yeah. I put it at. at probably a seven seven and a half so that, that's funny it's awesome. funny how we see things differently um yeah all right so the mandalorian so far mandalorian so far uh eight eight book of boba fett uh six and a half and obi-wan kenobi series obi-wan kenobi series i would say a seven seven okay and what and what is your i'm not forgetting anything right i got andor oh andor oh my gosh andor Where's andor, andor? I'd, I'd put it about an eight yeah yeah and what's your favorite uh, non-live action Star Wars content? Favorite non-live uh, Rebels. 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 Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured you were going to say that. Yeah. Awesome, man. Okay. One last Star Wars question. Which sure. film is, is and it's because it may not necessarily tie into your numbers. You know how this works. Sure. Yeah. What are your, what's your most, what is the most rewatchable Star Wars movie for you? Most rewatchable. I, you know, it's funny. Um, lately, it's been The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And that's so strange for me to say. Um, I mean, without dragging us out another 20 minutes, I I had re I had written a fan fiction novelization of the Phantom Menace that took into account current canon. It's it's a real nerdy project. I'll talk to you about it some other time. It's available <laughs> on my website. It's it's crazy. Um, so I really got into the Phantom Menace for a while because I was trying to, in my head, improve upon it. Um so, but I do find it really rewatchable. I think the action scenes in it are just, you could just jump in and you could watch it from the beginning to the end. Um, my favorite, I'll, I'll, I'll augment your question and, and say my 
favorite scene to rewatch of all Star Wars is the Carbonite Chamber in Empire Strikes Back. I could watch that 50 times in a row all day long. And so, oh, there you go. There's the mug. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love that Harrison Ford improv that line when it just yeah. wasn't working. He's like, hold on, I got this. Yeah. And he did it. What's the director's name? Uh, Irvin Kirshner. Irvin Kirshner. Thank you. Yep. Uh, I always get him and Richard. Uh, Oh, directed Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Mark Wand, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway, I I get get those guys confused sometimes. But I like how they could not get it right. And then he just said, let me just do this. And he says it and like, that's it. That's Han Solo. It's so, (laughs) it's like, dude, that's so good. Yeah. When (laughs) somebody knows their character that well, that's what that's what makes him great. That's what makes him like, I love him so much. Now I want to kill him. (laughs) Right. Quick question for you, and I'm gonna let you run. Did you like the scene with him and Adam Driver in Rise of Skywalker? Um, that scene, did that? Did I like the scene? Uh, well, clearly, the fact that I'm not answering it quickly tells you I didn't love it. I would have preferred it to be Leia or Anakin. Um, but as a father, I loved it. So, yeah, yeah. So we're both proud dads. What's your favorite father movie? Uh, favorite parent? movie to a uh, Star Wars movie. Well, it could be any movie. Like mine's Big Fish by Tim Burton. Oh, a movie about fatherhood. Um, or parenthood, even. Man. Um, I, I'm not even sure. I'm gonna maybe have to it, actually think that. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just Star Wars. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, it is it is a patriarchal film series based on family. So um, and I don't mean patriarchal in a bad way. I mean it's just the first six movies were about a dad situation. So um, it's pretty crazy when you think about it, when you can boil it down to that. I couldn't have imagined saying that. And I was young. I was old enough to have the at least the somewhat of the depth to understand it. But watching going back and, and really thinking about this first six films, it's truly just a father son story at the end of the day. It's yeah. pretty crazy. Well, and all three trilogies kind of break up. It's interesting. The um, the concept of the 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 first trilogy is sort of the family that you. Uh, find out you're a part of um, the first, the sequel, the prequel trilogy is sort of about, you know, f- losing your family and the importance of family. Uh, and the third one is about found family. And it's three very legitimate ways to look at ev- your, your real life, you know, in, in one way or another, you get your friends, you get your family, friends at work, uh, friends from work, and you have uh, all of it. So it's different forms of family. And that's, I think that's why Star Wars continues to work. doesn't matter if there's, tie fighters and lightsabers it's a it's a family story it's a you know so that's so beautifully said we're going to end the show right there that's <laughs> awesome buddy that's a Perfect. really great breakdown thank you so much all right man give us a plug where can people find you you can find me on twitter uh, at atgcast trying to avoid trouble but sometimes not trying hard enough um you can find all of our podcasts and shows on the sswnetwork.com or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the SSW network. It's the best place to keep up with all our stuff. That's so awesome. Will you please come back and have another conversation with us? Anytime, my friend. Anytime. I would love it. It was such an honor. All right. Rick Shue on behalf of Brian Chatlin, Courtney Cheek, and myself. We are the friends from work. We really appreciate it. This show will be up on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you download great podcasts. Until next time, may the force be with you. I want to see you dance.
That wraps up another episode of the Friends from Work Let's Chat podcast. Tune in each week as we discuss all things pop culture, and you may catch a special guest or two. Be sure to follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and subscribe wherever you get great podcasts. I'm Courtney Cheek, and on behalf of myself, Rick Shu, and Brian Chatlin, we are the Friends from Work. We thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Freak Face, take us out. Get down.